0: Hello, my name is Mary.
1: And I'm James.
0: And welcome to the very first episode of the Watch That John podcast. Yay! All right, we're gonna assert some, I don't know, some fanfare in there later, I guess, some post production. But um, yeah, pretty much we wanted to start a podcast where we just talk about movies because I was always calling James, who is my brother. To talk about movies so i figured why not start a podcast when we can just rant to the public and everyone can hear us And yes doing the same, James?
1: ranting in the public yes ranting in the public is what i've dreamed of doing for years and years and yeah. uh now he just rants to me so i'm uh, like
0: you guys should all need to suffer and hear our rantings exactly. together
1: and hear our bs together exactly
0: yeah so i guess just a little bit of background uh we're both from philly um hence the name watch that john i'm sure you guys gathered that 215 yes yes 267 people say 610 but i don't recognize that like we're we're that's not in philly but
1: that's like jersey yeah no
0: it's like i think it's like ben salem or something like that i don't know like Mm -hmm. suburban kids of State, but like 610 and i'm like no that's not philly but anyway so the movie that we are reviewing today is a movie that is both very near and dear to both of our hearts, and it is a 2021 film, is it? So it's a 2021, yeah, film. Disney and Pixar, of course, animated, called Luca. Yeah, and uh, we like this film because um, there's a lot of symbolism, despite what the director says. It is very clear coded, <laughs> like it's it's very clear coded, and it just pulls at our heartstrings.
1: Yeah, Luca was a as a modern magic masterpiece, right? I can consider it on the same level as Frozen and I right, really, I don't think uh,
0: Frozen is a masterpiece at all, but I'm going to let you continue. That's a whole never debate <laughs> right then and there. That's,
1: that's a whole never debate. But but it but it really it really is, right? It is it, able to to be beautiful, and mm. entertaining and fun, but also finds ways to um talk about the social aspect and really bring light to um what it what it means to be have to hide your identity mm.
0: amen, you know, amen. And, and how
1: and how uh don't give so how important it is yes how important it is to kind of stand out so yeah. so yeah let's get started
0: so uh, pretty much um well i just want to talk about how we're going to structure this episode we might not do this for every episode but because we love this movie We're going to treat it pretty much as if you haven't seen the movie. So we're going to go through a very quick summary through each part and then break it up with our own commentary. So with that being said, let's go. On a starlit night on the Ligurian Sea, two fishermen on a small boat tell stories of sea monsters. As if on cue, the men spot and almost capture one. And as a creature leaps over the boat to dive into the sea depths to escape, we, the viewers, take the plunge as well and are introduced to the titular character, Luca and his undersea world. Luca Pogoro is a young sea monster who is unsatisfied with his provincial life and apprehensively dreams of exploring the world beyond the surface despite the warnings of his mother, Daniela. One day, while searching for human gadgets and gizmos that have fallen from ships, Luca meets Alberto Scorfano, a sea monster of his age who casually goes to the surface whenever he pleases. Having grown patient of Luca's trepidation, Alberto pulls Luca to the surface and Luca, like all sea monsters who go on land, transforms into a human for the very first time. So the first thing I noticed about this movie that I was like, all right, what we finna watch is the song that actually plays When it starts. It's like like this very swanky, of course, Italian song, so I don't know what they're saying. And it just really sets the scene and lets me know that, okay, this song sounds like it's kind of from like, I don't know, the 50s or so. Like, it has a bit like a swing to it. So, and the second thing will hit me is just how gorgeous the animation is with those two fishermen in the boat. You know, it's a very dark scene, you know, and it's given me kind of like, um, like a chiaroscuro, in a sense, was a term that means like light and dark in arts and where things are, Very dark, but this only lit, like there's like a center lit area in the painting. That was a terrible description. We may have to edit it out later. But yeah, so I really like the animation style. It reminds me of, um, you remember those Betty Spaghetti toys?
1: Betty Spaghetti.
0: Yeah, like they're very like stringy and like gumball-y. And it's really nice because normally Pixar, you know, when you think about like a lot of Pixar movies and like other three D animation movies, they kind of go for more like a realistic sort of sensation. But this kind of like reminds me of like it's very stylized, you know, and very cartoony, and I kind of miss that.
1: Yeah, it's very similar to um. Remember uh, Chicken Run? Chicken Run, yeah, Uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Right, it's like it's like Chicken Run. It's like claymation, but not
0: but not like as dry looking. Like, yeah
1: exactly like beautiful like claymation who put lotion on you know so yeah it um <laughs> it was you it was it's really gorgeous and i think I'm they dead. did yeah <laughs> i think it's gorgeous that they uh um i said gorgeous way too much right but I think uh, it is gorgeous though <clears throat> it is it is and the way they showed luca on the sea you know and interacting with the fish you know like he's a little See, shepherd that's what i didn't like world
0: that's When we when we get to Luca's world, that's when I get a little disinterested because in my mind I'm like, (sighs) all right, the the unders my I know it's trying to I just talked about how the animation style is like going away from realism, but I understand that. Um, the movie takes place like Porto Rosso and the Ligurian Sea. Well, the very Sea is real, and Porto Rosso is like based on an actual place, like Cin- Cinque Terre. And, like, um, you know, I understand he's not the director and the animators weren't trying to make it like another Atlantis because we don't need another Atlantis, like Luca's Undersea World. But it was kind of boring. And when I saw it, I'm like, okay, another like boring kind of plain undersea world. Like, like, you know, like people like finding Nemo. And it's a good movie, but yeah, a lot but... of the appeal that's lost from Finding Nemo is that I feel like just being underwater sometimes can be very boring. So at first, when I saw the underwater world, I could, they get a bit disinterested.
1: Yeah, but you know, it, it couldn't be like Atlantis because they are sea monsters. Sea monsters, yeah. But they also sea monsters who are amphibious, right? They okay. go into the land, and also they build a whole city um these these fishermen would see it (laughs) and kind of notice them and kind of like lose their whole stealthy not if it's far enough
0: down the sea because atlantis was around for a long time and i don't think anyone noticed until like a submarine like didn't come back up or whatever but yeah (laughs) but now i feel you know we we have an atlantis but i did I did get a bit deflated. I was like, uh, is he going to be... I was hoping he wasn't going to be underwater for the entire time. Because when I watched this movie at first, I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, oh, my God. I hope he's, like, not underwater for so long because that would be so boring. But
1: How do you feel about Alberto?
0: What did I think about Alberto? I mean, I like Alberto immediately. Like, I like how he's just, like, very confident and, like very cool like i do like i was cracking up when he pulls Luca to the surface and luca's just freaking out like losing his mind and alberto's just like first time <laughs> like i literally was cracking up like
1: yeah yeah he has such a confidence and swagger that uh luca never saw before right because his parents are kind of lame and he steals a fish all day so alberto comes up you know with knowing how to walk and like knowing how the world works, or at least to mm-hmm. to, uh, to Luca, he understands. So I have a so question. really, well, yeah,
0: I have a question. So in this situation, do you think you're more of an Alberto or you're more of a Luca?
1: Um, you mean as in the sense of?
0: So Alberto's the kind of dude. He kind of jumps in headfirst. He's not very cautious. He doesn't like to raid around. He likes to do things while Luca is very cautious he likes to weigh things out he's you know a little more anxious you know like in my mind I like to think that I'm more of Alberto where I just whatever do it and think about the consequences later but really I'm more of a Luca and just you know kind of neurotic and like a nervous wreck
1: yeah no I agree I think I think parts of me and parts of how I kind of handle life is like Alberto you know you really don't know what you don't know until you figure it out
0: like starting and this podcast think,
1: <laughs> yes exactly like starting this podcast right and and jumping right into it and trying to figure out okay what makes sense and alberto he had to do it and uh, like um he had to do it re- relatively quickly and yeah, yeah i would think i'm more of a alberto
0: you know he reminds me of um, he reminds me of Sokka from the last airbender
1: absolutely yeah yeah Absolutely, and Saka was uh, just was aloof and like, like overconfident,
0: but like in a charming and like ever cool, you know, type of way.
1: Exactly, exactly. But you, but the audience knows he has no idea what he's talking about, which is hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where he's just like, I don't know if he got to this part yet, but there's one part of the movie he's like, "Oh, there's the sun, but don't look at it." He's like, "Ah, just kidding. Totally look at it." <laughs> like, it's just like exactly. It's his world, you know, in his mind. He's like, I'm gonna figure it out and live by my own rules and, hey. And,
1: you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes that's good enough, right? When you live in a vacuum outside of the outside space, you can kind of operate in only understanding how the world works enough to survive. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and but when you get out and interact with other people or different sorts of people, that's when you realize that crap, my understanding, of the world and everything around yo it. that's like me going to have college that's a deep end
0: yeah <laughs> i thought i was smart exactly, time right. with the school and i was like oh i'm stupid like <laughs> exactly.
1: they they know all stuff i don't hard.
0: <laughs> they exactly but i think
1: it's all different up here <laughs> but you
0: know what's a theory no, so is, is... we'll continue
1: no, no no i was just gonna say that it's definitely a coming of age story you know, which really drives us in coming of age, slice slice of life, slice of life,
0: slice spice of life,
1: slice like a cake, cake slice. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, I you know, was very, where...
0: very excited when I learned the plot of the story. And I'm like, all right, we not going to be out of the water no time? Like my favorite type of movies are slice of life movies. I love them. So I was like, ah, oh, we out the water. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was very excited.
1: But what was your theory?
0: So my thing is, right. Do you think a long time ago, because my, like, do you think a long time ago, sea monsters, because we we might not have told you guys. Oh, we did tell you guys. But do you think, like, a long time ago, like, sea monsters went on land a lot more, like, it was more, like, accepted for sea monsters to just go on land. But then something happened. Like, maybe something happened to, like, the sea monsters and humans and, like, a war broke out. And now they kind of stay on land or on water ever since. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a that's a really big theory I think most likely what happened is most likely the sea monsters are there first you know Con- yeah, um, yeah. The, you know that's like if I had to guess and this is way beyond the movie goes is just the our uh, fun fan theory yeah fun fan theory but no I, I, I think I don't necessarily think the war would happen because um I think some, maybe something happen happened
0: see- on Potoroso. You know what I mean? That like really, cause grandma goes to town all the time. Look who grandma goes to town all the time and does the change. You know, so I feel like she knew a world when that was more acceptable, and now it's like we can't do that no more. So I'm like, what? Yeah,
1: happens? but you know, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of, uh, the unacceptability part of it, right, was from Lucas's parents because they had experience and they seen that people actually got killed. You know, so During maybe the, the war. May, <laughs> i don't know maybe a few sea monsters got too close you know or 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 something in and, in and, and that and that that act of violence changed how they interact with the outside world but yeah but yeah no this, those are all good theories that we can't approve or prove deny but hey you know that's that's the that's the point of the theories so yeah
0: all right moving right along The boys become quick friends, bonding on their shared love of exploration and after becoming infatuated with the poster of a Vespa, the boys decide to build one using materials Alberto gathered in his makeshift abandoned lighthouse home. Two hours and 45 minutes later, the boys have built their Vespa and Luca finally heads home but not without raising a suspicion and his mother about his whereabouts. Daniela's suspicions are confirmed when she finds Luca's hidden stash of human treasures and catches Luca coming home late. To Luca's horror, Daniela decides to send him to live with his creepy uncle Ugo at, at his home in the bottom of the ocean for the remainder of the season. Luca immediately finds Alberto and the boys decide to run away to the nearby town of Portoroso to find a Vespa to escape Luca's parents and explore the world. So, so
1: growing up in Philly, uh, right? This is a really Will Smith. Fresh, yo, vibe, that's right?
0: exactly what I said. That's ex- imagine you had a kid who kept sneaking off to KNA, no matter how many times right. you told them not to go, you're going to send him to live with his uncle Phil, you know, who's also heart attack prone. Remember that episode Uncle Phil had a heart attack? So
1: <laughs> that's because he's fat though. Not because he was in the hood, but yeah.
0: But Ugo kept having heart attacks. Like he kept having heart attacks. Remember? Yeah, yeah, they right. was like, "Oh, you gotta punch his heart." But yeah. His heart, yeah, it's like, do you think his his parents are overreacting? Well, more of his mother because his dad is very he don't give a damn. <laughs> he's he's emotionally unavailable.
1: No, I think his parents. You know, um, our parents kind of is similar too, right? With our brothers, you know, the they understand the risk more than what Luca does, right? And to be honest with you, he was kind of reckless. You know, it just took one or two people to see what he was doing and uh, it could have been catastrophic. So I think sending him to the bottom of the sea might have been dra- uh, drastic, but definitely trying to figure out a way to to stop him and and the, 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 the stop that curiosity isn't necessarily my parenting style, but I definitely understand it.
0: You have no children. You know,
1: and shout out. Yeah, i know but no know what right. yeah gotta i got a dog got over here barking <laughs> i'm saying that you still have a parenting style or right? you can have a leadership style without being a leader my you parents and style, style is don't kill parent. each
0: other and leave me the hell alone
1: <laughs> that's your babysitting style that's what that is
0: <laughs> but no i love uncle ugo sasha baron cohen you know do, you can hear Sacha borat all in his voice like it's very nice to meet you Like, imagine him saying my wife and you can see that Sasha (laughs) Baron Cohen. And I think it's hilarious that, you know, it's Sasha Baron Cohen because he also played in a movie called Bruno where he played as a guy called Bruno. And one of the points that we forgot to bring up, the title of this episode, Silencio Bruno, which is a running theme throughout the entire movie. So yeah, it's like we don't talk about Bruno, but we're talking about Bruno a lot, a lot. Talk about Bruno a lot. We're talking about Bruno a
1: lot. We do. And they said silencio, Bruno, right? And Bruno was this the the doubters in your head, it's right? Your inner critic. Yes, your inner critic, your subconscious, telling you, you don't do this, you'll die. <laughs>
0: right. He was like, <laughs> right. You know, my, Bruno's always telling me, "Don't do, don't put that in your mouth, a birthday, you're gonna die." <laughs> I'm just like. I just love him. Like, I just love him. He was cracking me up. So, and I remember when, um, the boys, so during the movie, they, they build a Vespa. Like, like we said, they're building a Vespa. And there was a lot of trial and error. And they finally built like this riggedy, about to fall apart Vespa. And Alberto's like, okay, let's ride it. And Luca is like, uh, I don't know about this. You know, I'm kind of scared of riding this Vespa all the way down this big-ass hill. You know, I could die. And that's when the term Silencio Bruno is introduced. And <laughs> it was just funny because it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And, well, Albert was like, what does he say? He's like, um, okay, so what are we going to do? And Luca's like, tell Bruno to shut up you know it's like okay can you hear him now and I brought just like no nope. lucas like no just you <laughs> like so yeah that was a yeah that was a running theme that i completely forgot but yeah i know it's like it's really hard you know it's like i think sending your kids to the bottom of the ocean is very extreme but you know if you know that going to the land is great danger i can't really fault the parents you know but i also think maybe if they would have Notice luca's boredom a little earlier because early in the more in the movie when it first opens up luca's obviously bored he's obviously satisfied so i'm like maybe if his parents would have paid more attention to that instead of telling him what he couldn't do then he will have other outlets to like explore and actually stimulate his mind than going to the surface
1: yeah no i agree with that i think um from the movie writer's standpoint right they really needed the motivation for luca to start exploring um the town and get out for that island right because you if you think about it right the whole island was so new to Luca if he didn't have that uh that con that uh that, that made right to, to drive them yeah to go to Puerto rosa right if they didn't have the conflict most likely they probably would just chill out on the island right and he would have kept doing what he was doing because everything was so new to him and they was having a blast. So I think from a writer standpoint, they absolutely needed that conflict to get him to the town, you know. Um, But also, I think it needed to it it needed to happen to wake his parents up. You know, his parents was kind of just the
0: just rules with no compromise. Exactly. And that never works.
1: Especially. No, especially the mother. Right. She she uh, absolutely was like, hey, don't go here. You'll die. And sometimes yeah. the threats, when you when and you Luca... over embellish, even if it's true, sometimes, yeah, right. If you if you over embellish like the threat, sometimes kids are like, ah, I ain't gonna die. There's ever like they can't see any Like if they do something, they don't die. They're like, oh, you were wrong. I didn't okay,
0: die. yeah. When there's no like nuance to the threats, it's like, well, you said this was gonna happen and it didn't, so I'll be perfectly fine and I can totally like, you know, do crazy stuff. So. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Um,
1: yeah, well, the we. Oh, go for
0: it. Yeah, and um, I, yeah, back to Luca and Alberto. Do you think they have a good friend dynamic? Because I, I read and um, I watched this behind the scenes, and Luca's last name Paguro means, I think it means hermit crab in Italian and scorpino means scorpion fish. And they have this sort of relationship, you know, I feel like there's a lot of relationship with someone that's like very cautious where everyone is and they have a person that's like very easygoing. And do you think they balance each other out well? Like do you think a good friend is someone who pushes you out of your comfort zone?
1: Absolutely, right? That's the, the strongest friends that push you out of the comfort zone and also shows you and teaches you as much as they know. You know, so Alberto, he was always honest and he always he didn't have all the answers, but he's like, hey, this is what I think. <laughs> right. Let's let's go do this, you know, and I think that confidence that he needs that we find out later in the story, right, the, the confidence that Alberto needs um, to survive. He gives that to Luca and Luca gets more confident and courageous as the movie goes on. Um, obviously, they're kids. And kids get into fights and kids do stupid things. But I think for overall, for my dynamic, I think the friendship was healthy.
0: See, that's the thing. I think good friends push you outside of your comfort zone, but also doing it in a way that respects your boundaries. Like if I come to you and say, hey, James, like, let's do coke. And you're like, no, i never done it before. And I'm like, it could be really fun. You know, let's do it. And you're like, no, I really don't want to do it. You know, I guess that's a bad that's a bad example because you shouldn't be forcing your friends to do coke. But.
1: Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, but if
0: like if I, like, I don't know. If there's something you're, if you're comfortable where you are, if you're kind of comfort and you're, like, in just being how the way you are, I feel like at some point I have to respect that, you know? Like, if I said, oh, James, like, let's go ride a roller coaster. And you're like, no, I'm really afraid of heights. And I'm like, well, to face your fears, you have to, comfort, com- like, conquer them and, like, confront them. But you're really uncomfortable with that. I think a good friend, you know, knows when to be like, okay, I respect you, you know. And I do think throughout the movie, Alberto does have a hard time really, like, respecting Luca's boundaries.
1: Yeah, part of that is them being kids. Well, they probably were, like, 12, 11, 12 years they're old. They like look around 12. You know, yeah, about 12. So I think part of that is is them just being kids. And not understanding what boundaries even are, you know, and I think that's kind of how they progress, you know, and, and they got they did get a, li- a little better of understanding um, what they really mean to each other. Um, but let's get back to the story, right? How do you feel about this Vespa idea, right? Which is kind of random. <laughs> I love to it. be honest, but that that turns out to be their their main motivator. Um, for them to see the world and travel, you know?
0: That's like they're living the dream for me. Like them running away together to see the world on a Vespa through an Italian beach town countryside is like what I want me and my husband to do. Like that, that's what I want. They're living the romantic dream, you know? It's just Lucas, like, I got my man, my parents not holding me back, and we're gonna go see the world. So, like I said, I love a slice of life. I think simplicity works so well sometimes. Like my favorite Disney movie is a Goofy movie and that's literally like about a a dude trying to get a girl to like him by by lying about going to a concert while his dad's trying to bond with him. Classic cinema. So, even when I think about why I like the It remake, like the the one that came out in the 2010s, I don't know what year, maybe it was like 2018. Yes, it was very it was a horror story, but there was a slice of life aspect to it as well that I thought was so charming I think that's why a lot of people like Stranger Things because it has like a slice of life aspect but it's also very nostalgic so for me the simpler the better like because when it's so simple you don't have to explain too much like I feel like a lot of Disney movies they like they do too much like Raya I think had a good I'm going off topic um but yeah I think Raya for example had a really good plot but it's in a movie and like it's just too much going on to really flesh out in a movie it should have been made into a series so it's just like it's too complicated and we don't have enough time to like fully develop all of this so it's better to just be simple you know and just stick with that so yeah it's, it's very romantic <laughs> it's very romantic and I like that what do nice, you think nice. about it? No,
1: I thought it was I thought it was interesting. You know, I thought that the, the Vespa and what it represent was the magical unknown, right? That once they get this one device, all their problems will be solved. And it's kind of like um you know, it has like you said, the, the child the childish simplicity, but it has an appeal to it because you could follow that logic and like you said, you don't have to question as much. We're moving on to the next scene, the, the boys arrive in fictional Portoroso, which is a small port village based on the directors and Rocco Castorosa hometown in Italy. Immediately, the boys realize this fisherman town is a hub for hunters of sea monsters, and the risk of this discovery is now a matter of life and death. While in the town, they pair up with a small but spunky Julia, and are motivated to compete in a local triathlon, the Puerto Rosso Cup. Their hopes are to use the winnings to buy a Vespa and travel the world. However, in order to win the race, they must beat the older bully Urcala, who has won the competition six years in a row. Julia and her father houses Luca and Alberto in teaching them about life, fishing, and the world around them.
0: So, um, <laughs> Julia, what do we think about her? I I don't know who the voice actor is. That's one thing I noticed about this movie. I love the voice actor who plays Luca. He sounds so cute. He's always just so cute. Alberto, I love his voice. Like I said, it reminds me of Saka. And Julia, she sounds... She has like this raspiness to her voice that I think is really cute. I like her red hair. Like, I just like... Everything about her. What do you think about Julia?
1: Yeah, I think with the voice actors, right? All of them are child actors. Which I think is is incredible and it's it adds the legitimacy to the and, and authenticity to the voices and their expressions, you know. A lot yeah, of Yeah, the times, voices hasn't dropped yet. <laughs> yes, the voices haven't dropped yet, you know. So the child actors is really dope. Um I think Julia herself, right, she's funky, she's determined. And strong, she has a strong sense of justice. Know what she wants, yeah. Strong sense of justice, right? She wants to go against Urkula's evil empire, right? <laughs> and actually goes and, and wins the race, and for no real reason. Now, she's not driven by motivation, she just wants to, well, motive like financial motivation, right? She's driven just to beat him,
0: just to beat and him.
1: something beautiful about it. So,
0: yeah, I'm gonna call him Stephen Urkula
1: because, like he
0: really is like you could tell someone's a loser when they hang around trying to like belittle kids to feel better about themselves
1: it's... and this dude's a grown man it's obvious <laughs> he's, he's
0: not a grown man. man i think he he's definitely older than them he's
1: like 19 years old i don't think he's that old. I, I think he might
0: old. be like 16 i think it might be 16 he got a whole
1: mustache
0: you, have you seen italian Remember men? They
1: said that he... <laughs> that's true they are some hairy people. they are hairy no
0: they are hairy over there <laughs> So, well, it's
1: true, it's true.
0: yeah, it's like, it's just like, yo, like you really, I, like, grasping at straws for like any semblance of power that you just hanging around kids, like, <laughs> making them your little minions. It's like, get a job. Like, what do you do, Urkele? Like,
1: he's yeah, too no, old to compete in
0: a Cup, but he still does
1: yes it is hilarious how you just smack every, every, all the kids around and like guido and chicho the, <laughs> yes guido chicho right he just slaps it around whenever he wants to but the funniest part is that no like there's adults everywhere and no one cares
0: you know when when kids are <laughs> bickering you get old you don't have time for that you're like listen they're gonna work it out you themselves know,
1: for real you could end up breaking a hip trying to break up two 12 year olds fighting Just let them fight
0: but the townspeople is also but, um, yeah, so Julia, you know, she she has a strong sense of justice, and she's like, first of all, Urquellay shouldn't be competing because he's too old, and he terrorizes all of this. And the Puerto Rosso Cup is it's a three uh, how do you like uh, like a race triathlon? It's a triathlon. triathlon. There you go. So the first leg of the triathlon is a swimming competition. Then right after you swim, you get on land and you eat all this pasta, like a big bowl of heap and pasta. And I think the the sponsors of the Potoroso Cup, they even make like pasta sauce or something, or that they make the noodles. So you eat all this pasta, then you have to ride your bike all the way up like the hilly terrains of Potoroso to the finish line. So because after eating a bunch of pasta and doing extensive cardio, you feel queasy. Julia throws up a lot, and hence she's given a nickname of Spulia. And I remember Urkelay said something. He was like, Oh, Julia, you can't win every year. You throw up and then you stop. And Julia's, and you quit. And Julia's like, I didn't quit. They made me stop. <laughs> and I'm just like, You really, they're just blowing <laughs> chunks. They're like, Julia, please stop. Julia, please just just give up, Julia. But it's like, that's grit. It's disgusting. But the girl got grit, and I like that.
1: You know, they could have very easily changed the order of the race. Right? <laughs> they could have made the pasta contest just at
0: the end. At <laughs> the, the end.
1: But at the end, right? But it's kind of diabolical. Yeah. You know, every time we used to go to we go to CrossFit and eat a heavy lunch, I feel like I'm going to die. Especially I if it's spicy. Imagine. Yeah, it was spicy. Eating a whole big bowl of uh, pasta, <laughs> and then and then having to to, to to, to to ride the bike that far, but also the town itself, right? I watched this um this uh making of essentially.
0: Well, I did so. Some...
1: Yes, the animators and the director, they went to the Cinque Terre, mm-hmm. right, which is a, a five a, lands. A, a cluster of five five islands, Yep, five islands, uh, on the northern part of Italy, and they used the the townspeople the scenery, even like them like people folding up their clothes, like hang hanging out on the clothesliner, right? They used um as much as real photographs and videos and interviews to build this world, right? And that's why I think it kind of comes together so well. You know, because you and I both, we've been in Italy. You know, and we watched this. It was like, Yep, that's Italy. That's exactly what Italy looks like, right? That kind of reminds me of uh, the city Azizi that we went to, right? Assisi. Um, it wasn't the I Assisi, yep. Um yeah. my Italian teacher would be mad. But that was uh it wasn't an I it wasn't the- a port city, right? But it definitely had the different colors and it was had the high elevations and you can see the mountains on the side and it's absolutely gorgeous. So I really think they kinda they kinda hit that very well. They, they did did hit very well.
0: No, I agree. It's it captures the essence of Italy and the director's childhood, I imagine, in a gorgeous way. But going back to Julia, what I noticed about her is that she really kind of is the... She is, like, the the driving factor. She's kind of like the vehicle that sets in motion the change between Luca and Alberto's relationship later on. Like, when, you know, when they both... Luca, you know, he... We didn't explain, but the prize for winning the Proto Rosso Cup is a Vespa, right? So it was Luca's idea to team up with Julia to beat Ercole and win the Proto Rosso Cup so they can get their Vespa and travel the world. And it's like, you know, Luca, you know, it made sense for him to team up with Julia, but Alberto, he didn't want to. And immediately you kind of see the sort of um, vitriol that he has for Julia. In a sense, kind of like a jealousy, like he really doesn't really want her around because in his mind, I feel like it was supposed to be the two of them doing these things together. But now here comes this girl and she's kind of like an intruder, you know, in this space. And he can tell that things are going to be a little different. And when he sees that Julia and Al- and Luca like share things and interest, it kind of bothers him. Like, for example, there was this one um, scene in the film a little later on where Ercole is bothering them. And Alberto's initial reaction is to screw up. Like, he's like, all right, I want to fight you, you know? Like, I'm tired of you bullying us. And it's on site now. But Luca and Julia are kind of holding them back. And they resolve the conflict with verbally, you know what I mean? And they tell alberto not to fight and it's just like you know even something as like their different conflict resolution styles are different and i can sense that really setting the shift even more between luca and alberto and now luca is exposed to more people so it's like okay his whole world is no longer alberto and i think that's a threat to alberto
1: yeah absolutely because as we know as we we learned later on, Alberto was alone, you know, and Luca was really that connection that he had that reminded him that he had some worth, you know, that he could go and, 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 and teach Luca everything he knows and have a best friend. And it was literally him against the road. Also, the main motivator is that they were so unique because they were sea monsters, right? They knew that the, their only reason they was in the city was to get the Vespa and move. So he felt, I can imagine that Alberto felt like, yo, dude, we're just here to get to get this Vespa. That's the only reason we're here. Everything else is secondary, right? The mission is to get the Vespa so we can get out of here so your parents don't find you and send you back to the deep, right? Um, another point I kind of want to talk about before we go into the next season is the father, right, Maximo. Right, which is Julia's fa- father. And he is, like, the way he's built, he's a big man. He has one arm. He's a fisherman. He goes and, you know, there's photos of him killing and capturing sea monsters. And he's like a uh, like a rugged Italian man. But he also has a heart of gold. And he sees that Luca and Alberto needs um, some structure and immediately takes them in. You know, and obviously this this they weren't a rich family, right? So when the the entry fee for the race came up, they couldn't afford it. You know, um, but he still allowed them to to eat at their table. You know, he um he he took care of them and looked out for them and put them to work and allowed them to to to, to basically become into men as that as that went along, and especially for Alberto, and Alberto doesn't see it initially, but um. But that father figure does definitely become very important as the story goes along.
0: Yeah, and I love how um, uh, Massimo is just born disabled. Like, there's no tragic backstory. You know, sometimes that's just how people come into the world. Like he said, he was like, um, Alberto saw he was missing an arm, missing an arm. And he was like, did a sea monster took it? And he was like, no, that's just how I came into the world, you know, and... People make a big fuss about PC culture and like diversity and everything. But it's like, listen, the world isn't just made up of like able-bodied, straight, white men. You know, there's a lot of different people in the world. They come in all shapes and sizes. So why not show them? You know, why not show them in film? Because that's literally how the world is. And even though he didn't lose his arm fighting some monster he's still a man's man like you said he's still a g he can still do everything you do but better so his disability doesn't define him and it doesn't mark his toughness you know it's not like he's tough because he's missing an arm he's more tough despite of it you know what i mean so yeah
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i thought it was a i thought it was a cool note you know and i think um, I didn't read into it too, too much, right? But I thought that uh, he he definitely was the only reasonable parent in the whole movie, <laughs> which I thought was really cool. So yeah.
0: so now that you know, I'm you thinking hinted about on... it... Oh, I'm sorry, what'd you say?
1: No, no, I was going to move on. but, but keep going Oh, yeah, stuff.
0: yeah. So, yeah, like I said, so um, going back to just like the... The break between, like, Luca and Alberto. Like I said, Luca's realizing that the world's bigger than Alberto. And it's heartbreaking for Alberto, but it's also kind of inspiring for Luca. You know, sometimes growth in a person means that you're growing apart from people and you are muted.
1: Yeah, I mute when you talk, so I don't have interference.
0: parents. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, so... Alberto's kind of like becoming demystified from Luca and he can't be happy for Luca yet. Have you ever felt that way or am I just a toxic one where it's just like, okay, I see you doing your thing. You're like moving on up and like making a way for yourself, but you're kind of becoming less dependent on me or maybe not, you know, being with me as much. And it's like, I can't be fully happy for you because like, I feel like I'm, your growth means that you're growing apart from me.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. But once again, the mission, right? And this is why I kind of side with Roberto most of the movie. The mission was to go into the city, find a the Vespa. They had no even idea of a competition. They wanted to just go find one. They thought they were like horses jumping around the whole town, right? Find one, conquer it somehow, and then dip. So, So Luca and his motivations changing when he learned more, obviously is a normal sense of, it's a normal transition. You know, you kind of expect that from a viewer standpoint that, hey, the more he learns and can see his motivations for change. But from Alberto's standpoint, he's like, dude. So you're saying- I don't understand all this.
0: You're saying you think it's his like sort of resentment is more because this just wasn't a part of the plan initially?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I feel like that's because right? you, it was you of hate plan. when you
0: we stray from plans. It was like, no, we were planning to do this, and now we're doing this, 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 and I get what you're saying i I think there is like frustration, but I think you know it's 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 a little more than that. It's just like yo, like you're, you're choosing they... Julia over me. you're talking about going to school. You don't want to see the world for me anymore. You don't care about Vespas, like who are you in a sense.
1: Exactly. And that's and I think I think if they talked about, hey, we're going to Puerto Rosso, that human town over there, and we're gonna go live there, you know, then yeah, I think that his expectations would be a little different and kind of he still might have been je- like, jealous and like resentful. But that pla- that place was supposed to just be a stopping ground. We just stop, get what we need and keep going. You know, so I can I can see how that jealousy arises, right? Because you know how you just eventually, have
0: like we'll continue.
1: Eventually Eventually, Alberto becomes jealous of the bond Luca and Julia are forming and tries to remind Luca that he is his true friend and the only person who understands him. The climax of this arc is when Alberto, frustrated at the hearing that Luca has decided to go to human school with Julia instead of traveling the road with him, dies into the sea and transforms into a sea monster in front of Julia. Luca, to save himself, Points to yell, Sea Monster! Alberto is devastated and must flee as the local townspeople begin to throw harpoons and chase him away. Julia soon figures out that Luca is also a sea monster and scolds him for risking his life by entering the human town. Luca tries to make amends of Alberto and discovers that he has been left on the island alone for a very long time when his father left. Luca vows to win the race and the Vespa for Alberto and begins training intensely for the competition. So it seemed like we kind of talked about that part already, except for the, the sea monster part The betrayal scene. Um, so, so maybe I don't have to read Yeah, betrayal scene. So maybe we don't have to read the whole thing, but
0: yeah. So with this whole, like, okay. So I can acknowledge that what Alberto did was ugly it was selfish and it was the ugliest form of insecurity made manifest. You know, when insecurity becomes vindictive and malicious, even when the person who hurts you didn't do anything wrong, you know what I mean? And when you're in that position, you just want someone to kind of hurt as much as you are. And that's a very dark place to be in. His intention was to like bring Luca down with him. But What Luca did, it made my mouth drop. Like, I remember the first time I seen it, my mouth literally dropped. I couldn't believe it. You know, and I think the core reason is, like you said, all this time, Luca and Julia have been getting closer. But the one thing that Luca and Julia didn't share, the one thing that Julia couldn't take away from Alberto, is his and Luca's identity. They're both sea monsters, and Julia will never be one or understand what it means to be one. You know, she doesn't know how the phantom tail sensation feels or know what a fish gather, you know, during a particular time of day. Or, you know, like even a fear of like being discovered and banished or killed being a sea monster in Portoroso. And Luca just gave, he just tossed all that away like it was nothing the moment he shouted sea monster. And he like pretty much just cut off his last remaining tie to Alberto. And now it feels like Alberto means nothing to him, you know, because it's like all this time we've been growing apart and this one thing you just toss it aside and you're saying, I'm not one of you. That's you on your own, you know? So I I know what Alberto did was dirty, but I think what Luca did was a little worse. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. I think Alberto, he, Ultimately wanted to slap the reality back into Luca, right? The reality is that we came into this world where everyone wants to kill us. We're here to get one thing to get away from these crazy humans. And this human girl who talks loud and thinks he knows everything is gonna stray you from the plan, right? From the mission, you know, and take you to a human school where you could turn into fish sticks when as soon as it rains outside.
0: See, I so don't I think, think he, he did he, it because of that. I, I, I don't think he did it because he cares about Luca's safety. I think he did it because he doesn't want Luca to go. Because, like Luca said, he said, you just, when he said you can come to school with me, and Alberto's like, no. And Luca's like, you're just afraid you can't do it, that you can't do school. So, because you can't do it, you're trying to keep me here with you because you don't want to lose me.
1: Yeah, I can see that point too, right? I can see that point too. But I do think that Luca's betrayal, you know, wasn't just betraying Alberto; he was betraying everything of who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, I think hiding in plain sight for your safety is one thing, but going and outing
0: like someone else—I you know mean, like someone who's just someone like else, you,
1: just like you, dirty. You know what I mean? It's a—it's uh, It's, it's definitely—it's the—it's a the selfishness that came out and because Luca, you know, the kids and he panicked, you know, and I think Alberto, his, his, uh, deception, you know, and him jumping into the water was, I- I'm not sure if it was, um, preconceived. What's that? Word? I mean,
0: he not jumped into the water cause Ercole literally throw a harpoon at him.
1: No, 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 I mean to, exp- to, to, to transform.
0: Oh, Oh, to, he, he did it, like you said, because he said to Julia, he was like, hey, Julia, can anyone go to school? And he's like, exactly, anybody, sea even monster. sea monsters? And she's like, what are you talking about? And then he turns into a sea monster. So he was trying yeah. to scare Julia away from them.
1: Yeah. No, he also was trying to scare her. Yes, that's true.
0: But, but that, no, is, that is, a, I safety... didn't think about that, that maybe he's concerned about Luca's safety. And he's like, we stuck to this plan. You're going to get killed at a human school, you know, because going to figure out you're a fish. I never thought of that perspective.
1: I don't yeah, think that's it, makes, it,
0: but it's an interesting perspective.
1: No, it, it makes sense, right? Because um,
0: like, I think you're thinking about it too logically. I feel like this is not, not too logically. Like you're, you're thinking about the logical view of it. And I'm thinking about fairly emotional. So it's interesting to hear your different perspective of it. Cause I didn't think of it. No,
1: like absolutely. Yeah, no, I think, uh, uh, I think I cried at this part. <laughs> because how how I could see that like that yo you really transformed but luca was like sea monster you know and that drove everyone re- heard it you mm-hmm. know and that's the thing too right like if you like he he endangered Alberto before he had a chance to shine out on himself you know so just that insecurity tied in with the selfishness, tied in with the not really wanted to admit who he really is just came into summation at that point. And I think it's the the one of the more dramatic points that I have seen in the Disney movie. Yeah, I definitely right? cried. Like obviously Yeah, it cried and obviously like like you got Mufasa falling <laughs> which is kinda of funny now. But back in the day that that tr- I used to have video. nightmares
0: about that fucking will to be stampede <laughs> as a kid. I'm not I used Yo, to have nightmares real. and I was Simba, dipping and dodging, trying not to die.
1: Trying not to die, right? So that's, that's, uh, yeah. So it was the type of that that sort of Disney peril that even though he, I guess in the time, they were in danger, but just the the betrayal was like, dag, really? A2 Brute? A2 Brute!
0: A2 Brute! Yeah, it's just, yeah, like you said, it cuts to the core when you have this shared identity with someone. And they just kind of shit on it. You know what I mean? For some other bitch. It's like, you really, for, for Julia, like you're really denying me. You're denying me this one thing we have left. Like I said, you're just throwing it aside and saying that we don't have this. It it cut. It cuts like a razor. But it's funny because I think later in the movie, something happens to Luca of that nature, but in a much smaller scale, like... um. Luca and Julia, after Luca said sea monster and Alberto went off, they go back to the house. Well, they go back to Julia's house. And Julia's suspicious, and she throws a glass of water on Luca, and he turns too. And Julia's like, you're a sea monster too? You need to get out of here. Like, it's not safe for you. And it's funny. That's the reasoning you're saying that Alberto had for changing? But I'm like, no, that's just the reason Julia had. But that is interesting. Yeah, she's like, it's dangerous here. Like, you, you come to Puerto Rosso. We kill sea monsters here. Get out of here, you know? And then Luca Mm -hmm. said, but I thought we were underdogs. Because when they first met, that's the bond they created. You know, everyone was shitting on Julia because she kept losing the Potoroso cup. And Luca and Alberto were the new kids who smelled like fish, who didn't wear shoes, who were weird and old clothes. You know, they were the underdogs. So now Julia's telling Luca to leave and Luca's kind of saying the same thing. Not Alberto was saying, but it's kind of the same sentiment It's like, "Yo, I thought we were underdogs. I thought we earned this together. It was you and me. We had this shared commonality of being on the bottom, and you're telling me to leave." And it's just like, "There's a taste in your own medicine, but on a much smaller scale, Luca."
1: But also, it shows that Alberto was right, right? That I wouldn't say Alberto day, was right.
0: I don't. He he wasn't right. Well, that mean, was low. But
1: at at the end of the day, I mean, right from the the. The concept that they won't accept you, right? So Julia was the most like friendly person to them, right? Mm-hmm. And even when they transformed, she was like, You have to go. She changed her mind over like over time, right? But she's like, You have to go. And I'll Al- and Alberto knew that they wouldn't be accepted. You know? And I think uh they even mentioned it, they even mentioned it later in the movie that some people will accept you. And some people won't. And you have to figure out who will and who won't. You know? So, yeah, I can, I can definitely say the motivation. I think you're giving him but... too
0: much credit. but <laughs> I... Mm.
1: Yeah, Good I, have, I have empathy. I have empathy for him, too. I just think
0: this nigga was hating. I get it.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think he was
0: hating. And I get that. Because, like I said, it's that I've been there before. I ain't do nothing like that. But <laughs> I get it. But, um, okay, where did we leave off? So, yes, the, so actually the scene where Luca goes to find Alberto finally, which is kind of messed up because it's like Massimo went to go find him when he ran off and you just sat around for a while and then you finally go to find him.
1: I thought that part, you know, when he was like, where is Alberto? And he said, You're he's Italian not here. He doesn't want to be found, Right. He went and grabbed his hat and says, I'm going to look for him. I
0: love Massimo. And yeah. that,
1: yo, that I teared like, up. broke me. Yeah, Right? That's like biblical implications, right? Like where the the shepherd finds the one sheep that is gone. The
0: one. You amen. Know, hallelujah. He's really
1: the, the one, right? Like that was, that was like, oof. All the kids
0: are here, but the one, go the, the one is gone. I'm going to go find him.
1: The one is gone. I'm going to go find him. You know, and obviously we know he has no hope of finding him. He's not even in the town, but just that that part showed that like Dag, you know, they actually did make an impact in that short amount of time they was in the town, and they did build a bond, and it was legitimate, you know. And even though the kids can't see it, the viewers, especially as a viewer as an adult, you can see Dag. If this if this kind of like if certain things happen, you know, there might be there might be hope that they can. Um, I don't know, just it it shows that that love and 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 that that responsibility kind of transcends anything else. And I thought that part was beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, I don't know what's going on with you, Alberto. I don't know why you're running away, but you're my kid now and I'm going to find you and I'm going to make sure you're okay, and I'm going to bring you home. So, yeah, I did think that was beautiful. But, yeah, when Luca went to go find him. You know, Alberto was at his lighthouse home, and he had these little tally marks on the walls. We laid out. Found. We later found out that he started making those tally marks, counting down the days ever since his dad left. I counted those tally marks. I got to three hundred days before I lost count. Three hundred days. He yeah, his dad a is
1: a trashy trash. Yep, yep. You can have that he, he his dad proved that um that you can be a deadbeat father and a fish at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's like I feel I I fully believe that Alberto's father's absence really stunted Alberto's growth. You know? Absolutely. Like he's guarded, he can't properly express his feelings. He pushes people away as a sort of self-preservation because only people close to you can hurt you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like his calm, cool demeanor is a facade. And him pulling Luca to the surface was more for Alberto's benefits than Luca. I feel like he was so tired of being alone. He needed someone. And Luca was the perfect opportunity. You know, him pulling him to the surface was like, please be with me. Look what I can show you. Look what I can teach you. Just come back tomorrow, okay? And it's just, it, it really, it, <laughs> listen, I was crying all throughout this movie, y'all. The betrayal scene had me bawling. This scene had me bawling. It's just, I'm like, yo, this kid just been here alone. Like, he he had to figure it out, you know? No one told him, hey, don't stare at the sun. You'll go blind. Like, no one told him that, you know, he had to learn what gravity is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, because this ancient daddy ain't come back. And now, mm-hmm. that's the reason why I think, like I said, I feel like it leads to everything. While Julia was such a threat to him, while he doesn't want... Luca to go to school he has strong abandonment issues and like I said that manifested him and doing something really ugly and revealing himself to be a sea monster so Luca couldn't go to school that's why I had to disagree because he's just like any sort of person is just getting in between the one person he has left he doesn't have no one else left and it's like you're gonna take me away from school you know all the stuff I thought I knew I don't know the stars aren't really fish You know what I mean? And like I said, you can't stare at the sun and a telescope is just seeing stars and not shooting lasers. Like, every day he's being proved wrong. So, of course, he's intimidated by school. So he doesn't want to go. And he doesn't want Luca to go because he made this new best friend. Why would he need me now? So, yeah, I think think in the show he's trying to prove his worth to Luca, you know, acting cool, teaching him things, and showing that he is capable of doing everything because— he feels like he has to prove his worth or he's going to lose him because his dad left him. And that's why Massimo's so in person because he sees and values Alberto's worth, you know? More for just being able, you know, to help him fish because, you know, Alberto knows where all the fish gather and uh, Massimo's a a fisherman, that's his trade. But he sees him for who he is, you know, so.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I think think all those things, right, between him being undeveloped, because he didn't have a real father figure. And even the mental toll it takes to be alone that long, right? Remember from Castaway, right? They had, Wilson! Uh, they had that nigga talking
0: <laughs> he talking was talking to, to a, a ball, volleyball.
1: right? <laughs> talking to a volleyball. So even the fact that that uh
0: I'm sorry. And Wilson. I'm
1: assuming that I'm assuming that uh, Alberto saw a sea monsters at least casually. But him being up there that long for three hundred Days. My God. Ten months.
0: Over three hundred. I lost count at three hundred.
1: Right? Lost count. Yeah, exactly. So that's a and he said he stopped counting mm. after a while. Oh
0: god. He's been alone for so long.
1: As a child, he's a he's a kid. It's a shame.
0: I'm getting sad all over again. <laughs> I love this movie. Okay. Um
1: It it really is deep.
0: All right, you ready to move on?
1: Let's move on. All
0: right. It is finally the day of the Polteroso Cup, and Luca joins the race alone. Despite Urkele's dishonest effort, Luca is doing well and is in a lead during the bike race, the last leg of the cup. It begins to rain, and Luca is forced to take shelter so that his true identity isn't exposed. Alberto then appears, carrying a large beach parasol, running to Luca's side. However, when Ercole spots Alberto, he rides towards him at full speed and kicks him. Alberto drops his parasol as he crashes to the ground and the heavy rainfall quickly transforms him into a sea monster. Ercole then tries to capture and attack Alberto again, but Luca rides down the hill and pulls Alberto on his bike and away from Ercole in the nick of time. The bully then pursues the sea monsters full with rage with a harpoon and almost impales them but Julia collides her bikes into Hercule's dismounting him from his bike and allowing the boys to escape and win the race the townspeople are at first threatened by Luca and Alberto but Massimo advocates for the boys and the townspeople accepts them as the winners Hercule is satanic <laughs> he's uh he's murderous He he's homicidal he's power greedy like lusty he's homicidal he has like delusions of grandeur that is crazy like he needs therapy like there's something wrong with boy he ain't right he,
1: he's a sociopath
0: literally like you're, you're trying to kill children like, you're, you're, like yes they're sea monsters but I feel like if I saw you turn into a human then you're human you know what I mean like, like think about it right like let's say I'm a human, right? You've been talking to me. You know, you think I'm your sister, and one day I turn into a cat. Are you automatically going to f- kill you? i would kill you. <laughs> but you've known if me all this time. You ain't I never know, like exactly, me. I knew you for, but you've known me for
1: 29 me. years. You about to be 30. You turn into a little cat. You getting stabbed? Murphy, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm coming right for you and stabbing you.
0: So you're just like, ugly, oh, that's satanic. Like, like,
1: come on now. I know you're
0: capable of human emotion, human feelings, human complexity. You just happen to turn into a sea monster every now and again. And yeah, I ain't like you, but I of respect your humanity. So I'm like, if you're going to kill sea monsters, you definitely kill people.
1: Uh, so playing devil's advocate.
0: As always. You're so right? annoying.
1: As, as always, right? if you're if if your are top so this town right uh-huh. they literally have a statue of a man defeating a sea monster yeah it is the culture it's think- the culture to kill it's the culture but also if you knew that these monsters you know like attack on titan for example right they're shape and they can go and get intel on the humans and really secretly Take children across, like, to the sea and then eat them in the ocean when they trans. Like, you don't know. Just because they can, they can turn doesn't mean that they're good. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean that they're safe. Yeah, because Annie was so crazy. Not,
0: she turned and she fucked up the whole squad. Like, the whole, whole scout squad, right? Like,
1: so, like, these, uh, these, um, he considered them as an imposter, right? And I think the, <laughs> I still probably would have. I would have tried to kill him. And because he was definitely speeding down with his bike, throwing like... Throwing harpoons funny, right? at children! Throwing harpoons at them. That was crazy. But I kind of get it, but it's crazy.
0: Because goes are Titanic. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think this in a scene, Julia represents the perfect form of allyship. She is an ally and it's always the woman, especially black woman. Yeah. I know she ain't black, but it's always the black woman who's the perfect allies. Like, it's just she sees them, you know, like and she's willing to help them even at her own, you know, cost of her own safety. You know,
1: she she took the bike and kamikaze yeah. to save them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And not just that this girl has been training to win this race for the sense she could ride a bike Mm -hmm. from probably like six or seven years old she's been trying to win this race and for her to be like bump the race bump hercule they ain't gonna kill luca and alberto and just sacrifice herself yeah but the part the part that we skipped that we overlooked that made me cry and ball like like just,
0: <laughs> sobbing just, openly, just
1: weep, just <laughs> weep, right? And I'm a, and I'm a very large straight Christian black man, right? And I weeped when I saw this, when Luke when it when Luca was in the race, I
0: was just about to get to and it
1: start to rain, and he went under. So Luca's shelter. under the
0: shelter, right? And then Alberto comes up with the parasol, and his idea is like, listen, I'm gonna get on the bike with you. We're gonna ride down with this umbrella, so you don't turn into a monster, even though I'm. People can see, I'm a CMOS. Well, no. Yeah, continue. What were you saying?
1: Yeah, so he ran. He was running to him with an umbrella mm-hmm. because he knew he did that coverage, right? Yeah. Right. Umbrella, parasol, whatever. I'm pro- the thing that stopped from raining, right? He was running to... Shut up. Look how big it is. <laughs> it's a- you could have a big umbrella. Not that big. Anyway, so he's running with it, and he trips and he falls. Mm-hmm. And then when he falls. No, he doesn't fall. Urkelay kicks him to the ground. Oh, yeah, you're right. Urkelay, yeah, he is a maniac.
0: <laughs> 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 Satanic. Oh, so,
1: yeah, he's, he just kicked. Yeah, he just, he was a regular dude at the point, right? A regular kid. So he kicks him to the ground, he falls, and he transforms in front of the whole city, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole, like the, the whole also seeing him. Mm-hmm. And he's laying there. And then he's like, eventually, Alberto looks up. He's like, Screw it! He's like he he goes and he's like, oh, I'm a sea monster, raw, and tries to scare people away so Alberto can still, so um, Luca can still get away. Yeah, it's like right? now that
0: the tides and, have turned because before he used his sea monsterness to hurt Luca, now he's using it to help Luca. Yep. But continue
1: exactly. So now he's running to Luca's rescue, and he falls, and then Lucas has to make a decision, right? He could make the decision to allow the townspeople to literally slay his friend. Or he can go and help keep himself him.
0: safe without people and knowing because it's still safe. raining.
1: Yeah, so raining and save himself. But instead, this little kid books it on his bike as he's racing towards him, transforms on the bike. The first time you think about it, he actually fully transformed on land. Right? Which is also symbolic, I think, right?
0: Wait, and no, then grabs.
1: Not. Oh, I guess it rained before. Yeah, it rained. When it, he it, first came up to the surface. It,
0: it
1: yeah, I guess.
0: That's the time he not, fully not, transformed not... in front of everyone besides Alberto.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. But anyway, racing towards him and saves him. And that was like the ultimate it's just me and you. Do you right? think. Cause...
0: We'll continue. Do you think it makes up for what Luca did, though? Outing him by screaming sea monster. Do you think it makes up for that? Well,
1: yeah, it absolutely does. Right? Because he outed them, Right? But he went and outed himself, too. Right? There's, there's um, redemption. And I think he did that. Yeah. And he went and he saved them. And he uh, obviously sacrificed all the relationships he built in the town to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for Julia, like you said, Julia was still freaking Ally. riding, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and and collided and helped save them. You know, when at the end of the race, you know her, the father, he saves them. He's like, I know exactly who they are. They're my kids. They're the they're the they're, they're the Luca winners. And Alberto, yeah, and they're the winner. But you know what right? I noticed and too. That was...
0: Um, yeah. so like you said, Julia collides her bike into Hercules' bike. When she does it, Julia also goes falling off her bike. Luca and Alberto are almost at the feelings line, but when they see Julia falls off their bike, they get yep. off their bike to go help Julia. You're right. At first, when Massimo sees them, he says, see monsters, and then he gets his harpoon. But when he sees that they went back to help Julia, that's when he's like, oh, they're going back to help my daughter. They They're monsters, but they can't be monsters. Like, I think at the same time, he recognized that was Luca and Alberto. But I think because I don't think that was enough. I think because he saw them help Julia and that they actually cared about Julia more than winning, more than anything else, because they could have Luca's original plan. He was thinking about escaping right into the water, like and just getting Mm -hmm. away from everyone because they transformed, you know, but he saw Julia's hurt. And once again, he puts their life on a line to help Julia because the finish line was literally right before you get to the to the water so they could have just rolled straight into the water been gone never seen anyone else again so their love for julia softened massimo's heart too i think to fully advocate the advocate for them in front of the townspeople
1: no that's a very good point you know because it shows their humanity even though they're not fully human right Mm -hmm. and that that like you said the love can't see
0: that or he doesn't care
1: about that <laughs> you know, no really doesn't care about Oakley just cares about himself and he wants to be seen as a hero for destroying the team officers.
0: you know I, I always right. like a movie where it kind of really asks the question of like who's the monster and who's the man like when you think about like He's... uh what's, the Hunchback of Notre Dame you got this mm. fugly hunchback you know what I mean but he has a heart of gold and then you have um what is his name I'm about to say Lord Farquaad but that's from Shrek <laughs> What was
1: his <laughs> name? What movie?
0: The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He's like the priest. Oh,
1: the the, the priest. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was. He is bona A like. He man. is legitimately one of the most evil people ever. Like ever incarnate. Like he is absolute. He's just burning gypsies, and like he was.
0: He wanted Esmeralda, that- but she didn't want him, so he literally tried to burn yeah. her at stake.
1: Burnt, like, literally, and I know the, it was based off real people, right? Like, this really happened, and I don't know why we're talking about Quasimodo. But anyway. But it's like I said, it's, it's the monster
0: <laughs> I, and the man. Like, who's the who's the real yeah. monster here? Is it one that looks like a monster, or is it one who's acting like a monster? And in this case, exactly. it's Steven Ercole. It's not, it's not Luca. It's not Alberto. It's not Massimo. Yes, he killed Sea Monster. You know, yes, he's big, but it's really this dude over here who can't recognize... The humanity and people who look different than him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so now we're going to, I'm gonna move right on, y'all. The summer has come to an end, and it's time for Julia to return to her school in Genova. The boys are saying their farewells to Julia at the train station when Alberto hands Luca a one way ticket to Genova. Alberto reveals that he sold the Vespa that they wanted a Portoroso cup and used the money to buy a ticket so Luca could go to school. To Luca's dismay, Alberto tells Luca that he won't be going with him, choosing instead to stay with Massimo. The boys vow that they would see each other again, and the train pulls off, Alberto running behind, cheering Luca on.
1: Tears bawling, yeah. lost control. I was not okay. I'm now audibly sobbing. Yeah. It's not okay. Just weeping openly. I was watching this We've been opening. I was watching this movie with with uh, my friend Beverly and my wife Eileen and they turned around and looked at me and saw me cry. <laughs> and they were like what is going on? Why are you crying? And the whole t- <laughs> <sighs> like just like <sighs> just, just weeping and that's why we wanted to do this movie first, right? Because the the scene where Luca is on the train, and no, this before that. Mm-hmm. So, the scene where Luca Alberto shows him the train ticket. Yeah, shows him the train ticket. And Luca asks him, Are you going to be okay without me? And Alberto says, Of course I'm going to be okay. You got me off that island, Luca. Right? That, like, I'm getting chills now. Yeah, he said, it, You got me off right? that. Because... He
0: hugged him and said, You got me off that island. I'm okay. And it's just like, like we said, like you've been on that island by yourself. Like, like I said before, like he was, he needed Luca. And I think when he saw Luca, when he saw Luca, he saw a kid who's interested. He's like, yo, here's my chance not to be alone. Like, I feel like he kind of scouted Luca out because he needed someone. It was like a cry for help. And it's like, yo, you got me out of the darkest place I've ever been. Like, I'm tearing up now for real. And it's like, I'm going to be okay. Like, woof child listen
1: it's so sob. yeah the movie man it sob it it really they really did a good like the the the, the, the sub context right so another part we kind of went over is uh after they was announced the race before they even got to the train station right there was two of our folks in the crowd who took their umbrellas away and transformed too yeah you know and, and they also were sea monsters in plain sight and oh, yeah, arguably they for two, years, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: right. They could they could have been there for years because they were in the town during the day. And two old they women. They would go shopping, get
0: gelato. They were probably there for years, decades, maybe, and no years. one had any idea they were sea monsters. But when Luca and Alberto was accepted for who they are, like you said, they put down their umbrellas, let the rain pour, and they transformed.
1: Yeah. So like like this movie. Right. I know, you know, they interviewed the director and they asked them was like the secret context um How gay was it? How gay was it, right? How gay was the movie? (laughs) And obviously the boys themselves they were children, right? The boys themselves weren't gay at all. Yeah, they didn't make any allusions to their
0: sexuality.
1: Yes, exactly, right? The boys were asexual. They're just boys just getting around with life. Yeah. And most likely, Luca probably had a little crush on Julia.
0: I don't think so at really all. I didn't understand it
1: at that time.
0: Maybe. I didn't yeah. see it at all. I don't think anyway. So. And I like that, though. I really yeah. liked that. I was like, you can be friends with a girl without having a crush on her. And I, I kind of like that. Them.
1: Yeah, no. No, that's true. But the part that got me, that broke me, was that...
0: This whole movie They broke had
1: me. to... Right? They had to... Hide in plain sight mm-hmm. th- when they for didn't realize there were, were people for their safety, right? For their safety, they had to hide in plain sight. And I said it earlier, but there will be people who are going to accept them, and people who never will. Mm-hmm. And they have to figure out that 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 dichotomy, right? Who do I show my true self to? Who can I turn and show who I really am to? Or who's going to hate me and try to kill me for mm. it? You know, I know, I know, you know, we're, we, uh, there's a lot of people in this world who go through that, you know? And I think, I think that's real and allows people who like, you know, like we're black, obviously, right? We have, but we don't, we can't, we can't change or hide our identity, right? So our situation is a little bit different, but I do think there's a, um, a large population that, you know, they can fake it until they make it, but that's not. That's still the island that that Alberto's on, right? Mm. That island that I have to I have to be here to be safe mm. and really. That's be a who word, he was, right? You better speak to right? him. <clears> throat>
0: that throat> so mental, <throat> That mental. <throat> he was on an island physically and mentally. That's exactly. a word. You did that. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So there's literally a large population who goes through that. Yeah. And um, I thought it was I thought it was deep and and it would really. It really shook me and i was like shook wow it. i can't i can't believe how well and subtle but deep and pu- and like, pu- like like that's a good stuck. slice of
0: life movie that's what it does and like you said how the the old woman showed themselves it's just beautiful how the bravery of others can really inspire people to be themselves you know even if like yo people putting their lives at risk just to be themselves
1: wild just to be themselves it's wild wild when you
0: could just be yourself and everybody people could just mind a business you know what i mean but... exactly
1: and even like and the thing is like it's 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 like oh yeah you know sea monsters they look weird you know <laughs> they look weird <laughs> or whatever they do just look real weird you know yeah. they're a no little different but you get to know them they're no different they're it's no different people. they're
0: no different
1: right and, and i think that's the point right it's like yo you get to know people and take a style <laughs> was difference between people i just
0: want to say something real stupid what, is, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what if, like, what What if, like, is actually a sea monster, but he dirty and he just don't shower so he never found out? <laughs> he just never <laughs> got wet.
1: <laughs> or, or if he's actually a sea monster and hate himself for mm,
0: it. He on the DL.
1: He's on the down low.
0: Mm, that's crazy. Crazy. We on the sun here. We on the sun here, James. But he, you he's had. He's not because he got wet. Yeah. You had a theory. Do you remember what it was? We talked about it.
1: Yes, I do. I do remember my Bring theory. theory. My theory so the, the, so um this section of the podcast, right, is us just i was not we talking about talking the movies shit particularly anymore. Listen, it's our just first podcast, talking. guys.
0: It's going to get better, I promise you.
1: It's going to get better, right? right? You can't make a good one. A good, get... anyway, right? Mm. So the <laughs> <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot the the, <laughs> the, uh, the expression I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so there's a part in the beginning of the movie, right? All right. In the very beginning, when the two fishermen are, are telling their story, the tales of ghost tales or whatever, okay. the tales of sea monsters. All right. And they're fishing. And the sea monster jump out the water. And they try to catch it and he swims away.
0: Okay.
1: My theory is, is that Alberto's dad? Right? Mm. That that sea that sea monster was Alberto's dad who went and got too close to a boat and he actually got caught. And he actually died in his body's in the bottom of the sea. And, and that's why he deserted them, right? Because reasonably he had to go and get food or supplies and everything. And you know, it says, you know, you counter my theory by saying, Oh, he told him he'll like he so he, he literally told Alberto,
0: now. You got this, you young enough, you old enough to be on your own, peace out.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> he I didn't say he was coming I back. Told, like, he didn't say he was coming back. Like he didn't do like one of these, like, Oh, I'm gonna go get some milk. I'll be back. I'll be back in a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> he let him know I'm gone. You <laughs> let him know you ain't gonna see me no more. I <laughs> ain't your dad no more.
0: You ain't gonna see me no
1: more. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: See, no, because I, I I like your theory, but in the opening scene, the sea monster gets away. He escapes.
1: He does. But I'm just saying, the in that instance, if that happens all the time, eventually, he could get a stabby-stabbed. He deserves it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but most likely, that was Alberto just getting stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but, you know, that's my little theory.
0: So another thing I'm thinking about this movie, it'll be fun if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it. All throughout the movie, Julia says these phrases where she says, Santa Ricotta, Santa Parmigiano, something like that. Saint something. Drink every time she says that. I swear to God, you're going to be drunk as hell and it'll be a good time.
1: We were going to do it,
0: but I'm like, this podcast is going to be sloppy in the first place and we don't need to add drunkenness to it you know debauchery
1: yeah we to it yeah we're a train wreck enough we don't need to add liquor to it you know maybe when we get better <laughs> we can
0: do that but yeah <laughs> that wraps up luca y'all thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us like i said it's our first podcast so please go easy on us and um any closing thoughts james
1: yeah this has been fun you know, you can find us, our podcast is named Watch
0: That John. Watch That John. And, our,
1: and we have a ranking system that we need to talk about, right? Oh, so growing up, me and Mary, we, we've we had um, a love for movie theaters, right? We've been watching movies. Uh, my mom and our dad have been taking us to movie theaters as long as we can remember. And our rating system on movies is on a popcorn scale, okay? So a large b- bag of popcorn is... You know, we love the movie, it's great, and watch that, John. Watch right? that. Joint. Medium bag of popcorn was like, oh, you know, it's pretty decent. You know, and you can watch it or you can leave it. And then small bag of popcorn was like, eh, you know, pass. And then the absolute worst, right, which is um the milk dud. The milk
0: dud. I right? hate them. That, that candy is was... <laughs> disgusting. I don't know how it's still in business. And dud, it's in the name. So I don't know how they made a candy called milk dud and thought it would be a success. Well, at least to me, like it's disgusting. like what's it, it don't even taste like real chocolate. Like what's the texture? Like what's going on with that? It's, it's not, chewy and it, hard at the same time. It's
1: too hard. Yes. It's too it's hard. Chewy. Yes. The milk dud. It's disgusting. Right. So the milk dud is the absolute worst. Right. We're talking about like I can't even think of a milk dud right now. But um, what would you give Luca, Mary, on a popcorn scale? A
0: large bag of popcorn with Butter, salt, and pepper, and with some M and M's mixed in there because I like putting candy in my popcorn. A uh, refillable bag of popcorn, mind you. So spectacular! No, you're
1: right. You're right. I'm, I'm going to the counter and I'm getting myself a big old bucket. Get a big old bucket <laughs> of bucket. that popcorn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the the bucket. Yeah. And, and yep. Yeah, I give also Luca a large bag of popcorn. Yeah. This movie has done everything from being um for cute the themes, and funny funny deep and heartbreaking
0: and inspiring and just
1: yeah made a grown Everything man cry
0: it.
1: made a grown man cry several times every time i, time I watch it every times. time i
0: watch it i'm not the grown man you I are but you know it. every time i watch
1: it, <laughs> you're close enough mary you're close
0: oh! enough <laughs> see uh, <laughs> i am abused
1: abused you're abused but yes, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. To watch that, John, right? And you can find us. We'll continue to make these podcasts and 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 videos and talk about movies. That's our niche, right? Niche. I think The next movie. What the hell. Niche niche niche. No that one know? says niche. Anyway, continue. niche niche snitch. That one says niche. Anyway, we're going to cut to um, you know, <laughs> post on. Spotify and YouTube and where else you can find your podcast. Apple podcasts, yeah. So,
0: we'll do all those good things.
1: All those good things, right? We'll reduce another video we'll produce another video soon.
0: Yeah.
1: And um yeah, thank you very much for listening.
0: Bye guys.
1: Bye bye.